Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, tonight I decided to just sit down in front of my computer and hit record. And I don't really have a clear plan for this episode, which is probably the worst way to open a podcast episode. But if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I will tie it together. And a lot of things have been rising to the surface in my own life throughout this last year, but also in your lives. Because I'm hearing a lot from all of you. I'm getting all of your messages, all of your DMs, all of those sweet notes. And what I hear most from you is the impact your experience of being an adult child of an alcoholic or some other type of family dysfunction has had on you. And how it didn't just go away when you moved out of your home of origin or away from your family of origin. That even as adults with financial freedom and distance and experience, that these issues show up in your own lives in sometimes really surprising ways. And I guess I wanted to talk about that because I find that that happens to me too. And as much as it feels like it's not okay, I really did want to affirm that it is okay. I think that there's this misconception in our culture that once we identify a problem or we accept a problem, that we learn everything that we need to know about it, we intellectualize it, and we will never have to meet that problem again. Not in other people, not in our surroundings, and certainly not within ourselves because we have outsmarted the problem. And the reason I really wanted to talk about that and just get really honest about that is because this is not a race. This is not a contest. This is our lives. And every single day, no matter how much it doesn't feel like it, we are always growing and evolving and expanding and taking in more and learning more and doing more. 
And it's not about rising above something and never having it move through your life again. Maybe it's about accepting something, acknowledging something, learning about it, not running from it, and being prepared when it shows up in your life again. And also moving out of reactivity and into a really compassionate response, a compassionate response to yourself and to others. And I think that if you grew up in the type of household that I've described in some of my previous episodes, whether there was drinking, whether there was substance abuse, whether there was sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, any of those things, I would love to tell you that there's this magic pill you take and that you never experience an ounce of the pain or the shame that you experienced when you were living in that house. I would love to tell you that. But what I've realized, both in my work and in my personal life, is that that's just not what happens. And so instead of resisting that or moving through life with bravado or this head-to-toe armor or these walls around us, we can just show up for life. And very often when these things reappear in our lives, whether it's the anxiety of abandonment, the shame of rejection, the overwhelming fears of deprivation, that feeling of not being good enough, a feeling like you must have done something wrong or you are wrong, but you don't know what it is, but you know that everyone else knows what it is. When that feeling rises up inside of you, I think it's really important to know that you're not alone, that other people feel that way, and that those feelings will not kill you. And I can understand listening to this episode if that is not the experience you had, or maybe it's the experience you had that you've been running from your whole life and you're just not in touch with it. And you think that that's really dramatic. Like, what are you talking about? You had these issues when you were younger, but you moved out, you move on, you grow up. What are you blaming your parents the rest of your life? You know, it's so funny. You hear those very, um, very kind of silly and immature takes on it. It's like, no, not blaming anyone, but acknowledging that when we are in those spaces, when we're overwhelmed by those feelings, it's almost as if someone else is driving the car. And that's really scary for people who grew up in a state of such almost paralyzing hypervigilance. You know, if you were that kid who had to constantly take the temperature check of every single person in the room to ensure your safety, It's really scary when things get out of control. If you don't know what's going on, you think something must be wrong because you were probably the parentified child in a lot of ways. You were probably the adult in situations where all of the adults were taking on other roles. And the fact is you weren't an adult, but you were placed in these situations that you did not understand emotionally, even intellectually, And for your survival, you had to take on a different role, a role that was beyond you. And you can do that when you have to survive. You learn pretty quickly. If you're listening and you grew up in that house, you know what I'm talking about. You learn really quickly how to survive. 
But we miss that chapter that other people seem to read about thriving. And it shows up in different ways in our lives. I think about that wounded child or that wounded inner self, if the word child makes you cringe, you know, whatever it is, that like inner version of you that no one else is going to touch, the one that maybe you don't even connect with because it's just too painful. But when you sit with that version of yourself and you look at the situations you're in and you feel your reactions, you can almost feel that mask slipping away, the one that you use to move through the world, to be an effective adult, to show up at work, to show up in relationships, to show up in community. And that mask is slipping and you're feeling your feelings really overwhelm you. It's important to know that you have options and that things do change and that you don't have to be in charge of all of it. You know, very often in these conversations, you'll see people summarize it like, oh, you must be a control freak. I don't know if you've ever met me in real life. I'm absolutely not. (laughs) I can be kid chaos at (laughs) any given moment. Um, But it's not about that. It's about that feeling inside, that feeling that if you don't do something, if you don't take care of something, everything will end. If I don't figure out the master plan, if I don't think five steps ahead of everyone else, if I'm not constantly playing chess, if I'm not constantly thinking about an exit strategy, I might die. That's a real feeling that a lot of us have, even if we're not naming it yet. So here I am naming it because I don't think we're alone in it and it can really impact your life. And you don't see it until it is smacking you in the face and you are thinking things or doing things or saying things that are actually pretty harming. And it's a sophisticated self-harm, right? That's the way to look at it. We're not doing what our parents did, but in a lot of ways we're harming ourselves. Even if that harm happens internally, that internal bruise that no one else can see, but we know it's there and we know how sensitive it is and we know it's not going away. I thought about that. I thought about that a lot this week, a lot this year, in fact, about our impulse to fix things, to make sense of things, to sort it out, to get to the bottom of things, to get all the information and put all the puzzle pieces together so maybe we can get a good grade, (laughs) get that praise, get that acknowledgement, but also ensure our safety. If I get all of the information from you and I'm hypervigilant and I'm laser focused, then maybe I can ensure my emotional safety. And I think that that's really important because when that gets out of control, and it's really hard to gather up the pieces. Other ways it impacts us is sort of that myth of being strong, that myth of being the strong one, the one who holds it together, the one that everyone can depend on, the one that will be extremely calm, the one that has the answers, the one that has the money, the one that has the solution. And we can really fall into that role because we've played it before and we know how it ends. And even if it's lonely, And even if we don't like what we see in the mirror, we wear it really well. 
And I think I just want to affirm to anyone who's listening, if you resonate with some of the things I'm talking about, that that fear of deprivation, that shame, that overwhelm, that feeling of imposter syndrome, that need for perfection, that need to fix everything, I just want to affirm for us that maybe we get to sit this one out. Maybe someone else gets to take care of it. Maybe not everything is resting on our shoulders. And I know that that can be a really scary feeling because if you've been programmed your whole life to be in that role because the consequences were so extreme, if you are not in that role, it can feel painful in those situations to just sit it out and say, maybe this isn't my time. Maybe this isn't my turn. Maybe I don't need to be the one to say something. Maybe I don't need to do something. Maybe it's okay if everything falls apart. Maybe it's okay if my life implodes in this way. Maybe I don't have to hold it all together. Maybe my only responsibility is holding myself together. And I bring this up because that's something that for all of us would have been an amazing thing to hear in childhood and adolescence that that was our responsibility our responsibility was us and for a lot of us that was not our experience and it's this counterintuitive action we have to take in those moments when we are just gripped by this feeling that oh if i just try harder if i can just do better if i can just outsmart if i can just do more research, if I can just figure it out, if I could just try it this way, if I can just, if I could just, if I could just. It's like we think the way other people drink. All it takes is the first one and we are just off to the races. You know, the whole premise of this podcast is love letters to our younger selves. And I think for a lot of us who have been holding it together, especially these last few years when the whole world was imploding, then maybe we need to hear that every now and then, that everything is going to be okay. Even if it's not okay, it's going to be okay. You know, as, as kids or as teenagers growing up in those environments I described, the idea of someone else being in charge was terrifying. And that feeling is really scary, that sort of turning your energy over and trusting that things will be okay. You know, if you grew up in a house where you didn't know if it would be okay if you left the house, if something was going to happen when you were gone, if you didn't know, if you didn't know if the bills were going to be paid or the utilities would be turned off or there was this constant threat of violence all the time. The idea of trusting someone or something else is terrifying. And so when the rest of the world who didn't grow up that way says, just let it go, or just do this, just relax. (laughs) It's like, have you seen (laughs) the story that's going on in my head? I can't do that. Because if I do that, everything will fall apart. And if I fall apart, that's the end of it. And I hope this episode is reaching the right people. I hope that you landed on this and it was exactly what you needed to hear. And I don't have a single solution. All I have is my truth, my story, my willingness to show up and share that with you, and my willingness to hear about your stories. 
because I don't think we're alone. And I think that the experiences that I'm describing that a lot of us had, they were so isolating. They were so lonely. It's so interesting as an adult when I talk about childhood and I talk about loneliness, everyone's horrified. Like, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And I'm like, geez, you should have spent a weekend in my house. That's not the worst thing that could ever happen to you, but it is a consequence of those things. And I think that loneliness can prevent us from experiencing sort of the depth and weight of relationships in a really good way. And I don't just mean intimate partnerships. I mean, being in relationship with the world, everything from nature to, to business, to our professions, to our friendships, to our families, just how we are connecting with all of them. You know, if we feel like we constantly have to step in, if we constantly have to fix something, if we constantly have to prevent a disaster, or we're constantly getting in the way of someone else experiencing a consequence, or learning something, or having to stretch themselves, we're putting a huge block in our relationships, and we may not even know it. Because these might not be the relationships we grew up with. These could be good relationships, and we're sabotaging them. Or they could be bad relationships and we're sticking around too long because we think if I just, if I just, if I just, if I can just be perfect, if I can just do the right thing, if I can just make you proud of me, if I can just take on all the stress and all the worry and all the bad things and I can leave you to just enjoy things, maybe everything will be okay. So you know what? This may not be... (laughs) my most informative episode, but it's definitely an emotional one. And it's not that anything in my own life is that interesting, but I notice these patterns and I know that they come up for a lot of you as well. And I want it to feel okay for you to recognize those patterns and not feel like you have to run from them and to feel that you have options and tools and you can do things differently this time around. And guess what? Even if you mess up, you can try it the next time and the time after that and the time after that. And maybe it's just that space between realizing (laughs) and offering yourself some compassion. Maybe that just gets shorter and shorter and shorter until one day there's alignment and it's immediate compassion. And if you have that unease that feeling like there's that knot in your stomach, you're just waiting for something to crash, that feeling we know all too well, whether it was the key in the doorknob when you were a kid, just that feeling that rises up when you think, what's coming next? If that feeling is rising up in you and you look at your life and you're not sure why that's happening or everything seems great and you're not sure why, why can't you enjoy it? Why can't you show up for it? Or maybe things are really hard and you're looking around and you're wondering how you recreated exactly what you wanted to get away from. I want you to know that you're not alone and that you are not helping yourself by restricting compassion. Because I think that's the first thing we do, especially when we have those profound fears of deprivation, whether it's deprivation of love or of resources. You know, if we have those fears in our life, you'd think we would almost give it so much to ourselves and and try to build our lives on that foundation. And instead, sometimes we just starve ourselves of it. You know, this is a really emotional share, but it's actually not an emotional share because this is something that so many of us deal with. 
and it's so present in our lives, and it should be okay to talk about these things. And if you find yourself in a place where you are beating yourself up for being a human being, living a very human life with all of its messiness and all of its imperfection and all of its you know, fears and failures and joy, if you're finding that you're experiencing that and it's really a challenge for you, I just want to remind you that that is exactly what you came here to do. You did not come here to be perfect. You came here to be human. And that can sound like that's not even that revolutionary. <laughs> like, what is this? What are these bumper sticker statements that you're saying in this podcast tonight? And I just know that for some of us, we actually need to hear it. No one ever said it to us. And we still don't believe it. And I could hear it a thousand times. I could hear you say, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. And it's okay if everything falls apart. And you're still worthy. You're still deserving of love and respect and all of those things. And you don't have to prove yourself. You know, very often on this podcast, I've referenced a book that had a huge impact on my life called From Survival to Recovery. And there's this one line in it from The Promises. And it goes, we will begin to feel and we will come to know the vastness of our emotions but will not be slaves to them. And I love that. And I think that that's something that maybe some of us needed to hear and we needed to be reminded of. That whatever's coming to the surface right now, some of those overwhelming feelings or some of those inevitable changes that we are just not ready to make, we can know and name those feelings and they still don't get to control our lives. And the focus really doesn't have to be on fixing things anymore. Maybe the focus is just on loving and accepting ourselves. And that's all I've got in this super emotional share that, you know what, I might just not post, but then again, I might. (laughs) So we'll see. But I hope it got to the right people. And until next time, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Take a moment to rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed this episode, consider donating to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. 